Well, in light of the providential circumstances, I was planning on preaching Isaiah 50, but uh, having to be with my family, uh, I figured um, I would uh, still uh, read for you a sermon. Uh, this is by uh, Robert Murray McShane. It's from Psalm 85. Go ahead and turn uh, there in your copy of God's Word to Psalm 85. This will be good food for thought for us, especially in light of our um, prayer meetings for revival coming up uh, here. It's a, a shorter, a pretty short sermon. Psalm 85, and before uh, we read it together, and you can find that on page 526 in the Pew Bibles, page 526. Before I read it, uh, let's uh, turn to the Lord in prayer, asking that he would uh, bless uh, this uh, sermon of old, that uh, he who is dead would uh, continue to speak uh, to us, as the book of Hebrews uh, said. So says. So let's pray together. Uh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would Open up our hearts to your word, especially as we look at Psalm 85 tonight and our great need for revival. Oh, Lord, you know our need for it is desperate in your church, in this church, in society, in all the world. To have your spirit be poured out on us in such a way that we are in awe of your majesty and glory and that you would work in times past as you have. And so, Lord, we pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit uh, in our day and age. Um, Lord, we are so in need of, uh, need of it. And there's so much deadness of religion, so many uh, people walking full speed uh, to hell, uh, so much immorality and, and wickedness, uh, so much denying of you, blaspheming of your name, uh, the instituting of wicked laws, and uh, so many evils even in our own nation. And so, Lord, we ask that you would revive us again, um, as you have, and Lord, as only you can do, by the power of your Spirit, uh, through your Word, so in uh, capturing our hearts. And so, Lord, um, open up our ears to hear uh, your Word, um, we pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Psalm 85, I'll read the entirety of the Psalms, only 13 verses, but this sermon particularly is on uh, verse Six and it's entitled uh, The Cry for Revival. But let me read Psalm 85 uh, for us before I read it to you. Psalm 85, to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sins, Selah. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, 
The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. Amen. So ends the reading of God's holy word. The cry for revival. Sermon by Robert Murray McShane of the 1800s. Pastor who died at the age of 29, and I'm 29 myself. So hear these words. Wilt thou not revive us again? that thy people may rejoice in thee. It is interesting to note the time when this prayer was offered. It was a time of mercy. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land, Psalm 85, verse 1. It was a time when God had led many to the knowledge of Christ and covered many sins. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. It was now they began to feel their need of another visit of mercy. Wilt thou not revive us again? Notice the thing prayed for. Revive us again, or literally return and make us live anew. It is the prayer of those who have received some life, but feel their need of more. They had been alive by the Holy Spirit. They felt the sweetness and excellence of this new, hidden, divine life. They pant for more. Wilt thou not revive us again? Note the argument presented. That thy people may rejoice in thee. They plead with God to do this for the sake of his people. That their joy may be full and that it may be in the Lord. In the Lord their righteousness. In the Lord their strength. First, note when this prayer is needed. First, in a time of backsliding. There are times when, like Ephesus, many of God's children lose their first love. Iniquity abounds and the love of many waxes cold. Believers lose their close and tender walking with God. They lose their close and near communion with God. They go out of the holiest and pray at a distance with a curtain between. They lose their fervency, sweetness, and fullness in secret prayer. They do not pour out their hearts to God. They have lost their clear discovery of Christ. They see him but dimly. They have lost the sight of his beauty, the savor of his good ointment. They hold, or the hold of his garment. They seek him but find him not. They cannot stir up the heart to lay hold on Christ. The Spirit dwells scantily in their soul. The living waters seem almost dried up within them. The soul is dry and barren. Corruptions are strong. Grace is very weak. Love to the brethren fades. United prayer is forsaken. The little assembly no more appears beautiful. Compassion for the unconverted is low and cold. Sin is unrebuked, though committed under their eye. Christ is not confessed before man, before men. Perhaps the soul falls into sin and is afraid to return. It stays far off from God and lodges in the wilderness. Ah, this is the case I fear with many. It is a fearfully dangerous time. Nothing but a visit of the free spirit to your soul can persuade you to, to return. Is it not a time for this prayer? Wilt thou not revive us again? 
Second, a time of temptation. The soul of a believer needs grace every moment. By the grace of God, I am what I am. But there are times when he needs more grace than at other times. Just as uh, the body continually needs food, but there are times when it needs more food than at others. Times of great bodily exertion when all the powers are to be put forth. Sometimes the soul of a believer is exposed to hot persecution. Reproach breaks the heart where it beats like a scorching sun upon the head. For my love, they are my adversaries. Psalm 109 verse 4. Sometimes they are God's children who reproach us. And this is still harder to bear. The soul is ready to fret or to sink under it. Sometimes it is flattery that tempts the soul. The world speaks well of us. We are tempted to pride and vanity. This is still worse to bear. Sometimes Satan strives with us by stirring up fearful corruptions till there is tempest within. Oh, is there a tempted soul here? Jesus prays for thee. Pray for thyself. You need more peace. Nothing but the oil of the Spirit will feed the fire of grace when Satan is casting water up on it. Send up this cry, wilt thou not revive us again? Third, a time of concern. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, Zechariah 10 verse 1. When God begins a time of concern in a place, when the dew is beginning to fall, then is the time to pray. Lord, stay not thine hand. Give us a full shower, leave not one dry, wilt thou not revive us again? Second, who need this revival? First, ministers need it. Ministers are naturally hard-hearted and unbelieving as other men. Mark 16, verse 14. So that Christ has often to upbraid them. Their faith is all from above. They must receive from God all that they give. In order to speak the truth with power, they need a personal grasp of it. It is is impossible to speak with power from mere head knowledge or even from past experience. If we would speak with energy, it must be from present feeling of the truth as it is in Jesus. We cannot speak of the hidden manna unless we have the taste of it in our mouths. We cannot speak of the living water unless it be springing up within us. Like John the Baptist, we must see Jesus coming and say, Behold the Lamb of God. We must speak with Christ in our eye. As Stephen did, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. We must speak from present sense of pardon and access to God, or our words will be cold and lifeless. But how can we do this if we be not quickened? From above, Ministers are far more exposed to be cast down than other men. They are standard bearers, and Satan loves, that, loves when a standard bearer a fainteth. Oh, what need of full supplies out of Christ's fullness. Pray, beloved, that it may be so. Wilt thou not revive us again? Second, God's children need it. The divine life is all from above. They have no life till they come to Christ, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. John 6, verse 53. Now, this life is maintained by union to Christ, 
and by getting fresh supplies every moment out of his fullness. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. John 6, verse 56. In some believers, this life is maintained by a constant inflowing of the Holy Spirit. I will water it every moment, like the constant supply which the branch receives from the vine. They are the happiest and most even Christians. Others have flood tides of the Spirit uh, carrying them higher and higher. Sometimes they get more in a day than uh, for months before. And one of these grace is like a river, and the other it is like the shower coming down in its season. Still, in both, there is need of revival. The natural heart in all is prone to wither. Like a garden in summer, it dries up unless watered. The soul grows faint and weary in well-doing. Grace is not natural to the heart. The old heart is always for dying and fading. So the children of God needs to be uh, continually looking out like Elijah's servant for the little cloud over the sea. You need to be constantly pressing near to the fountain of living waters, yea, lying down at the wellhead of salvation and drinking the living water. Wilt thou not revive us again? Third, those that were awakened and have gone back need it. A drop fell from heaven upon their heart. They trembled, wept, prayed. The shower passed by and the rocky heart ceased to tremble. The eye again closed in slumber. The lips forgot to pray. Ah, how common and sad is this case. The the king of Zion lifted up his voice in this place and cried. Some that were in their graves heard his voice and began to live. But this passed by and now they sink back again into the grave of a dead soul. Ah, this is the fearful state to go back to death, to love death and wrong your own soul. What can save such a one but another call from Jesus? Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. For your sake most of all, I pray, wilt thou not revive us again? Fourth, barren fig trees need it. Some of you have been planted in this vineyard. You have enjoyed sun and shower. You have passed through all this time of awakening without being moved. Are you still dead, barren, unconverted, fruitless? Ah, there is for you no hope but in this prayer. Ordinary times will not move you. Your heart is harder than that of other men. What need have you to pray for a deep, pure, effectual work of God and that you may not be passed by? Many of you would stand the shock much better now. You have grown experienced in in resisting God and quenching this spirit. Oh, pray for a time that will remove mountains. None but the Almighty Spirit can touch your hard heart. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Third, from whom revival comes? It is God who must revive us again. It is not a human work. It is all divine. If you look to men to do it, you only get the curse in Jeremiah 17. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm. First, the Lord has all the means in his hand. 
The Son of Man holds the seven stars in his right hand. These stars are ministers. He lifts them up or lets them down at his sovereign will. He gives them all their light or he takes it away. He holds them up and lets them shine clearly or he hides them in the hallow of his hand as it seemeth good in his sight. Sometimes he lets them shine on one district of a country, sometimes on another. They only shine to lead to him. The star that leads away from him is a wandering star and Christ will cast it into the blackness of darkness forever. We should pray to Christ to make his ministers shine on us. Second, the Lord has the fullness of the Spirit given to him. The Father has entrusted the whole work of redemption into the hands of Jesus. And so the Spirit is given to him. As the Father hath life in himself and quickeneth whom he will, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself and to quicken whom he will. It is he who keeps all his own children alive from day to day. He is the fountain of living waters. And his children lie beside the still waters and drink every moment eternal life from him. It is he that pours down the Spirit and his sovereignty on those that never Knew him. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Zechariah 12.10 Truly the whole work from beginning to end is his. Every means will be in vain until he pours the spirit down. Isaiah 32.13 Upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars until... The Spirit be poured upon us from on high. We may preach publicly and from house to house. We may teach the young and warn the old, but all will be in vain until the, the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. Briars and thorns shall grow. Our vineyard shall be like the garden of the sluggard. We need that Christ should awake, that he should make bare his arm as in the days of old, that he should shed down the spirit abundantly third the children of god should plead with him put your fingers on the promise and plead when the poor and needy seek water and there is none i the lord will hear them isaiah 41 17 tell him you are poor and needy spread out your wants before him take your emptiness to his fullness there is an infinite supply with him for everything you need at the very moment you need it fourth ungodly men you are saying there is no promise to us but there is if you will receive it psalm 68 verse 18 thou hast ascended on high thou hast led captivity captive thou hast received gifts from men yea for the rebellious also Are you a rebel? Go and tell him so. Oh, if you are willing to be justified by him and to get your rebel heart changed, go and ask him and he will give you living water. Proverbs 1.23 Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. Go and tell him you are a simple one. A scorner. Ask him to do what he has promised in Ezekiel 34. Verse 26, I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing, and I will cause the shower to come down in a season. There shall be showers of blessing. Now, you cannot say you belong to Zion Hill, but you can say you are in the places round about this hill. Oh, cry, 
wilt thou not revive us again? And fourth, the effects of a revival. First, the Lord's children rejoice in him. They rejoice in Christ Jesus. The purest joy in the world is joy in Christ Jesus. When the Spirit is poured down, when people get very near and clear views of the Lord Jesus, they eat his flesh and drink his blood. They come to a personal cleaving to the Lord. They taste that the Lord is gracious. His blood and righteousness appear infinitely perfect, full, and free to their soul. They sit under his shadow with great delight. They rest in the clefts of the rock. Their defense is is the munitions of rocks. They lean on the beloved. They find infinite strength in him for the use of their soul. Grace for grace. All they can need in any house of trial and suffering to the very end. They go by him to the Father. We joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We find a portion there. A shield. An exceeding great reward. This gives joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, God loves to see his children happy in himself. He loves to see all our springs in him. Take and plead that. Oh, you would pray after a manner if God were, after uh, pray after a different manner if God were to pour water on the thirsty. You would tell him all, open to him all sorrows, joys, cares, comforts. All would be told to him. Second, many flock to Christ. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? To him shall the gathering of the people be. Just as all the creatures came into the ark, so poor sinners run in such a time. Laying aside their garments, Mark ten fifty, their jealousies, they flee together into the ark, Jesus. Oh, there is not a lovelier sight in all this world. Souls are saved. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. They are passed from death unto life. It is glory, glorifying to God. He that receives Christ sets to his seal that God is true. He confesses the holiness of God, his love and grace. His mouth is filled with praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He begins to long for the image of God, to confess him before men, to walk in his ways. It gives joy in heaven and on earth. Oh, pray for such a time. There is an awakening again of those who have gone back. If we have not a time of the outpouring of the Spirit, many who once sought Christ but have gone back will perish in a dreadful manner. For they generally turn worse than before. Sometimes they scoff and make a jest of all. Satan is all the worse that he was once an angel. So they became, so they become all the more wicked who have gone back. They generally go deeper into the mire of sin. But if God graciously pours down his spirit, the hardened heart will melt. Pray for this. There is an awakening of fresh sinners. It is a sad state of things when sinners are bold in sin. When multitudes can openly break the Sabbath and openly frequent the tavern. It is an awful sign when sinners can live in sin and yet sit unmoved under the preaching of the word. Cast off fear and restrain prayer before God. But if the Lord were pleased to revive us again, 
this state of things would be changed. I'm sure it would be a lovelier sight to see you going in, up in company to the house of prayer than thronging to the tavern or to the haunts of sin or shame that will bring down eternal ruin on your poor soul. It would be sweeter to hear the cry of prayer in your closets than to hear the sound of oaths and profane jesting and your hard speeches and reproaches of God's children. Sweeter far to see your hearts panting after Christ, his pardon, his holiness, his glory, than to see them burning after the world and its vain idols. Oh, lift up your hearts to the Lord for such a time. Plead earnestly the promise, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Then this wilderness will become a fruitful field, and its name be Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, the God of revival, the God who is able to bring sovereign work of your hand into our midst, into our very hearts, into this land, into your church. Lord, we take this prayer upon our lips from this psalm, and we plead it before you for Jesus' sake. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you, show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Lord, um, you have called us to pray that our hearts would desire this work of revival. And so, Lord, there are so many um, who are in need of it, even our own souls being uh, those very persons who are so prone to backsliding, uh, to lose our, our first love. And Lord, we need you to first and foremost awaken your church so that the world might be awakened by the same gospel light, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we ask that you would indeed pour out your Spirit in a mighty way, Lord. In so many ways, our souls are dry. There is so little talk of holiness and of Christ. There are so many, uh, I even saw it today, somebody who I knew and one who I love going uh, to blatantly break your Sabbath day. And so, Lord, this is a, a time in which even your church, we need a revival, and we look to you uh, to do it as you have in times past. Uh, Lord, you have taken, you, can, you are the one who can make dry bones uh, live again. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that first and foremost in our hearts. Lord, that you would give us a desire to pray, that you would show us our need for it, that you would show us our great sin, our vileness, that you would convict us, Lord, to give us a true sense of our sins, that we would flee unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and that all of our lackings, all of our deficiencies, our incapacities, and lameness, uh, all of our diseases, Lord, that we can find healing in the Lord Jesus Christ. For our sins, we can find pardon in him. And so, Lord, we ask fervently, we beg you 
to revive us, Lord, and show us uh, what it is like and what we need to do to desire it in our own hearts uh, in prayer. Um, Ourselves personally in our own private homes uh, to pray for this in our families, to be praying for this in the public worship of God, to pray for this in, in prayer meetings, Lord, to fervently do this even in a couple of weeks in our fourth Wednesday evening prayer meeting. We're inviting other Christians to join us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would bless this. Lord, we desire none of the glory, but we want to see hearts revived, people awakened, sinners converted soundly and powerfully by the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so, Lord, may we be those who plead with you to revive us. Will you not revive us again, O Lord, that your people might rejoice in you. Do this great work um, for the glory of your name. We ask this in Jesus Christ, our blessed Savior. Amen.